it's a so-called emergency pod here on Behind the Yellow Line, and chances are you've probably heard the reason. I'm your host, Randall Sanders, happy to be joined as always by Jeremy Spector. Ronan was unable to join us tonight due to the suddenness of the occasion. He is a very busy man, but he sends his regards and he made sure to chime in on the news of the day. Speaking of the news of the day, Jeremy, it was a quiet early November MLB Monday until just after noon central time today. And then would you agree it's fair to say all hell broke loose? Uh, yeah, it, it turned into, I'll just say it for me personally, I went from like, you know, a normal person to like just straight on adrenaline in the matter of minutes. You know, I I freaked, I couldn't sit down. I was like, I, and what's going on right now? So, yeah, it it. It, it jumped up there quite a bit. Yeah, it went to 11 real fast. Yeah, it, it went all the way to 11. Absolutely. If, of course, you have not heard of what we speak today, the Cubs signed former Brewers manager Craig Council to a five-year, $40 million contract, I believe making him the highest paid head coach or manager in all of the major pro leagues. David Ross, of course, was relieved of his duties, a polite way of saying shown the door. And Jeremy, we got a whole lot to lay out here. Unpacking does not begin to cover it. We've got a picnic basket, as Yogi Bear would put it. We got to unpack the picnic basket. We got to lay out the spread. There's a lot going on here. We do. We got a lot going on. And and I, I do want to start around. It, it is just it's just Major League Baseball. It's not all pro league. OK, but, just Major League Baseball, but, but still, and that was, still good for him. We'll get to that later, because that's part of the reason why this happened is because Craig Council saw that MLB managers weren't making as much as other teams. But I, I let's start from the beginning. Right. Um, In my opinion, we were talking about how it just jumped up to 11 for me and for you, I assume. How how were you doing when you first found out about this? Because like <laughs> I I was on the Twitter where everybody we knew Craig Council was going there, and some people got duped yesterday by some fake tweets. But we thought Council's going to, start. and all of a sudden you see Heyman coming with the mystery team or whatever, and you're like, whatever, that's Heyman being the mystery team. And then you see you see the Mets announce their manager, you see the Guardians announce their manager, so you're assuming Brewers maybe, but then you see Rosenthal coming in. He's going somewhere that's not the Brewers, and they already have a manager. Randall, what are you thinking when you see that tweet? I was thinking, gosh, I don't know where he's going at that point. I was not even for a second thinking that he was coming to the Cubs. And then what does Ken Rosenthal do 16 minutes after he dropped that first that first nugget on us, that Craig Council is going to a team that has a manager, uh, but it is not the Brewers, and then Rosenthal out of nowhere. Cubs sign Craig Council. And Jeremy, you said it jumped to an 11 for you. I would say it fell to an 11 for me, maybe more of a negative 11, an 11, but in the opposite direction. Wow. Wow. Well, let me just say in my, I will get to that. Uh, trust me. But let me just say, when I saw it, I started thinking like, I had it in the back of my head, right? Because this is what I wanted to happen. I'm I'm the only person I think on this pod that was like full bore. I want to get, I, I, you agree with me getting rid of Ross, but I want Craig Council in that seat. I was texting about it in September. I probably mentioned it on this podcast. He's going to be out there. So when that happened, I see that tweet. I'm like, man, I really want it to be the Cubs. Like, could it be the Cubs? But I didn't want to get my hopes up. So I'm like, it's in the back of my head. I'm like, it's probably, I mean, honestly, it's probably the Yankees, right? Who's going to do it? It's got to be the Yankees stealing it. Then some other thought that came in my head was, is it possibly the White Sox? Do they have the balls to do this? Because Grafal is Getz going to go out there and make this major move? And I'm thinking, like, could it be the Cubs? And that's why I texted to our, our little group chat. I was like, you know, Rosenthal says, or or it's, it's out that he's going to a team that already has a manager. 
And I, I just want to see what your guys' reaction to me with that because in my head I was thinking Cubs, but I thought it might set. I was all, I was a little kind of a half troll when I was setting that because I was like, it's news, but also Cubs maybe because I wanted to see how you guys would react, and there wasn't really quite much reaction until it actually happened that it was Cubs, and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe this because it was in the back of my head. I'm like, they're just not going to do it. There's no way they could do this, and they did it. Yeah, you know when they when they eventually write the the story of behind the line, the, the oral history of behind the line, they will subtitle the book. It's news, but also Cubs. I think that accurately describes our, uh, our, our mandate here. Yeah. I, again, I had no inclination that it might've been the Cubs other than that little pearl in the oyster of, of truth where you're like, could it be, could this actually happen? And sure enough, it, it went that way. And just possibly the most surprising Cubs move. Is it yeah. the most surprising Cubs move since Madden? I well, here's the thing about Madden. Madden really wasn't that surprising if you look back on it because Andrew Friedman left to go to the uh the Dodgers. Andrew Friedman left to go to the Dodgers from the Rays, and Madden had that opt-out clause in his contract that said he could opt out if Andrew Friedman left. And one and he did that, and he was a free agent, and all the rumors, even at the time where he's going to the Cubs, even with Ricky in the spot. And at the time I was like, I what's wrong with Ricky. I thought he did a good job. I think he could be the guy I was there. I'm like, we don't need to pay that much for Joe man. Cause I was a little down on man. I thought, and of course now I'm on the opposite side a little bit, but um, this is just stunning. Cause they came out, they said, David, I mean, they said Ricky was the guy too. in the post. Yeah, they did. So, but I didn't think they'd move on from Ross and you could tell a little bit at the end of the season. I thought, there were some comments that Jed made that were like, he's a little frustrated by how things going. He commented about some of the bunts. Like he kind of sub kind of, you know, it wasn't a tweet, but sub commented on some of the moves Ross is doing in like end of season interviews. But when Tom Rickett says they're our guy, I, I just, I was disappointed. Cause I thought in my head, I was like, if you really want to win, you have to get a real manager. And I know some people disagree with that on this pod, whether Ross was a real manager, but I thought you had to do it. And I, I got to say, I think Jed Hoyer thought the same as me. I think he thought the same as me because he went out and he did it. He And would he have done it had Craig Council not been a free agent after November 1st? Because that's part of the story is the Cubs never it's, asked It's a whole story and we'll get to that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where this would have gone. But once Jed Hoyer or once Craig Council was available, Jed Hoyer pounced on it. Like he pounced did. and kept it secret. And supposedly like nobody even in the Cubs org knew. Very few. He Jed interviewed Craig Council by himself. They didn't bring he, him to the Cubs facilities. He, that's correct. Now, if you have not read it yet, I recommend doing so. The terrific story from The Athletic put out tonight as we sit here recording this on the evening of Monday, November 6th. The terrific story from Sahadev Sharma and uh, Patrick Mooney uh, detailing the Cubs' pursuit of counsel. Now, Jeremy, as you just said, counsel was under contract with the Brewers up until Less than a week ago, up until did his the contract 31st expire, of October, the 31st of October. So November 1st was his first day as a free agent. Prior to that, teams had to seek permission from the Brewers to interview counsel. The Mets did so, and I believe we know that the Guardians did so. And the Cubs did not. They did not seek permission, which makes this very funny to me. Uh, that they did not seek permission. They simply waited until counsel was officially a free agent. 
and they contacted him with interest. And this story details how they met with him in secret. Like you said, Jed was the only one to meet with him. Very few in the organization knew they didn't do it at the Cubs team facility. And they decided there was a fit there and they worked out the money. And the money, again, is, is substantial. It's five years, $40 million. They worked out the money and they got it done. And here is where I am. I think we all know my thoughts on Craig Council. I think the word that pops up the most frequently is weasel because there's a lot of weasel to him. It's weasel that can't be hidden by a mask. It's weasel that always finds the camera. There's a lot of weasel to him. But I am encouraged by the fact that Jed Hoyer singularly focused in on somebody he wanted for this organization. He did what needed to be done. He met with him in secret. He laid out a considerable financial outlay and he got his guy. And I think we should appreciate that even if you are like me and it's going to take you a lot of time to accept the Cubs new uh, bench boss in, in the organization. And I have to say, as somebody who has criticized Jed in the past, especially about being kind of the guy who I always, I always picture Theo as the creative go for a guy and Jed as the conservative guy. Like, let's not go out and do overspend and do too much. I did not think Jed Hoyer had the balls. No offense. No, not to even make a this move. I didn't. I didn't think he did. I thought he's kind of the safe guy. He'll go into next year with David Ross, even if he doesn't think David Ross is quite the guy. I, I, I didn't see da Jed Hoyer making this move. As you said, interviewing him by himself, going out there. It's 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 a ballsy move. It, it I didn't going behind David Ross's back. Now you could. He after it was all done, he went and talked. He went down to Florida and talked to David Ross yesterday because this all came together really yesterday. And but still, like I didn't think Jed Ross or excuse me Hoyer would be the guy to do this, and it's impressive. I think, I think to get into Craig Council a little bit, I think, um, I think what happened is we all saw this past year, like not just from the Cubs' perspective of what happened with David Ross, but. Look who won the World Series, the Texas Rangers. Uh, Bruce Bochy came into Texas, a well-regarded manager, Hall of Fame manager, one of the best managers to ever live, and he won with the Rangers. And I even said midseason in a few texts, like, I think if Bruce Bochy's managing this team, this team would be a lot better. I, I don't I, – than if David Ross is managing it. And I think you kind of see that, and it goes back to kind of like maybe we need some of that old-school kind of manager. I, I Craig Council is very – new school in terms of analytics, but like just valuing of the manager. And I think Craig Council wanted to be valued, obviously, as we saw yeah, his contract. Yeah, well, he got that. And I think some of that was Jed Hoyer, that like we need a guy in the dugout who we need a serious person in the dugout. And I, I think Jed saw that, saw the writing on the wall and said, we need this. And I give Jed all the props. I'm very impressed by this move. I, I think it was a wonderful start to the offseason. It's, it's definitely a big move. It's definitely an impactful move. Ronan specifically requested that we pass along his take. He hopes that it signals a very aggressive spending and acquisition offseason, and uh, I think we certainly agree with that. I, I'm hoping you don't back up the Brinks truck for Craig Council only to not spend money in the offseason ahead. Um, so it, it's everything. it's everything but the manager itself. That I like about this move. I like the going out and getting your guy. I like the moving in silence. Uh, you know, Jed Hoyer, real G's move in silence like lasagna. I, I like the going out and getting your guy. I like the the ninja, the ninja signing of it. It's just the guy who they went out and got. Not a fan of the council. 
I'm not a. There's a lot of weasel there, Jeremy. Well, there's a lot of weasel. I think, I think some people in Wisconsin right now are agreeing with you about how much weasel there is. Um, and but you know, I never want to be on the same side of an issue as certain entities. Um, yeah, again, in the the little bit of Schadenfreude from the Brewers fans and Brewers organization, they seem as shocked as we do. So I'm enjoying that. It is literally everything except the guy who they went out and got that I am. Uh, enjoying about this particular move today yeah and a few things about you know whether this means more spending and that whole line like something i'm trying to put my faith in is the fact that i don't believe craig council would make this move unless he felt the cubs were serious about winning yeah uh, and and i know there's some reporting out there that said this was kind of council's preferred spot because he thought the Cubs are a team on the rise. He it's close to his home, obviously in Milwaukee. He didn't really want to go to New York. Like no, New York was not he, really for him. No, nobody really wants to go to the Mets. This is Come on. Kind of where he wanted to be. And I think that Jed Hoyer, which they said council and Hoyer talked like late to the night for guys that yeah. never really even knew each other. Um, you I would think that council got some assurances from Jed Hoyer, like we're looking to compete. I don't, if I'm Craig council, I'm not making going to the Cubs without some sort of like knowledge of a plan, knowledge of a thing that we're looking to compete right now and go for it. Like I'm sure they did the same thing with Joe Madden when they had the the little campfire outside the RV or whatever they did. That's right. we'll, <laughs> when they met we'll always them. have, we'll always have Tallahassee. Right. Exactly. And uh, so I'm sure they had similar meetings. And, and so I, I want to put my faith in that, that I don't, I'm not saying the Cubs are going to go out there and spend $600 million to show Hayatani or whatever, but they're planning on spending. I don't think you do this and then just say, this is our move. And then everything's fine. I think there needs to be more after that, but you know, Randall, you're not a fan of uh council as we know. Correct. In my opinion, I believe Craig council. And I've said this before on the pod. I think I believe Craig council is the best manager in baseball. So I think I'm obviously very excited about this move, but what does Craig Council need to do to <laughs> endear himself <laughs> to people like you, Randall? Uh, this is a singular list with a singular answer, and that is win a World Series. A World Series. So a an World NLCS Series. trip is not doing it for you. No, no, I want another ring. It's as simple as that. Multiple NLCS trips. I want another ring. It's as simple as that. At that point, I will... S- Give Craig Council a curt nod of acknowledgement, and I will I will move on from there. It, it's going to be a big adjustment process. I have spent a lot of years uh, not being particularly high on him as a player. I have spent because he had that that weird batting stance that was always so annoying, and he was on those Milwaukee Brewers teams that seemed like the, the Cubs could never really get over the hump against. I have had disdain for Craig council for a very long time. He has been managing the team for however many years now. And that, uh, that disdain certainly did not go away in that regard. So there's a lot of deprogramming here. Now I I am going to admit, Jeremy, I'm going to use your favorite phrases here. There's the macro and the micro there's the, the narrow view and the wide view. I am not demanding that anyone agree with me because I am not claiming myself to be rational. In this regard, my name is not Rational Sanders. It's <laughs> Randall. Yeah, I, I am not demanding that anyone agree with me. Really, I am not. If you are happy about them bringing in Craig Council um, as a well-regarded manager and it makes the team that much more legitimate, more power to you. For me, who, again, 
the 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 lizard brain it takes over a lot of the time especially when there's the weasel because you know the weasel the weasel chases the lizard it's how it goes there's going to be a lot of deprogramming so, but I, again yeah go ahead again i'm not demanding that anyone agree with me and just to just to really drive this home the very first brewers game i ever attended up at the former uh, Miller Park, the current American family field, was a one nothing Cubs loss. And Jeremy, do you know who accounted for the only Brewers run in that game? I'm going to have to assume Craig Council. You are correct. He hit a solo home run in that game. The only Brewers run in a one nothing win. Like this is a, a rivalry. Craig Council doesn't know it, but he and I are rivals and he's going to find out. Uh, this is a rivalry that goes back almost two decades at this point. It will be two decades by the time he manages his first game. So you're going to forgive me if there's some deprogramming that has to happen here. But I realize that in the aggregate, this is probably a very good move for the team. Like I said, I like what it signals a lot. It gives me a lot of hope for this offseason. It makes me happy to see this front office operating in efficient and successful silence. There's just going to be some deprogramming involved. And I'm going to ask everyone out there to be patient with me. Right. So your Craig Council, it's you've been traumatized from a young uh, young Correct. age with Correct. the Craig Council. Uh so so Craig Council, five year contract, forty million dollars. We yes, let's say at the end of this five year deal. Unfortunately, Craig Council does not bring home a World Series ring, but let's say he wins the division four times. He goes to the NLCS three times. You're like, I'm out on this guy. He didn't do it. I I, I can't handle him. I, you know, just five, too weaselly. Years, five years is a long time, and there's a lot of weasel, Jeremy. I'm not going to rule out that even five years from now, I still say he's too weaselly. I can't be I can't be beholden to not do that. But you know what? Five years is a long time. Uh, manager on a five year deal. A lot of the time does not necessarily complete that contract. Things happen. Things change. Uh, tell you what, five years from now. So when we are hopefully still recording in November of 2028, uh, you can pull this question out of the time capsule. Ask me to set the clock back five years and how far we've come. I'm not going to make any promises. I'm not going to make any guarantees. Right. That's just, I mean. There's been a lot of guys. We, as Chicago fans, we've we've seen a lot of guys uh, go from our rivals to uh, and come to us, and and vice versa. You know, uh, you, it, obviously off the top of your head, you think of Dennis Rodman, you think of for Cubs like Jim Edmonds is, is, is a guy that always comes. So you never know. Some of those guys can become some of the most endearing uh, people. But this is just it's it's just a seismic move as is a is. word you've seen thrown around. Uh, so much it's a stunning move it's it's as i said i've been on personally i've been on a high since you know when this was announced at around 12 30 ish i guess during lunch yeah i i it's it's been spectacular to me because i i did think craig council is the best manager in baseball i did want david ross gone i have been like pushing for this for the last couple months you like, have that's true you they were, need to do this you were on this so for it to actually happen, it's just stunning because I never I never thought in a million years it would happen. I I, I like if you go back and look at all my my, my texts, I, I write more along the lines of what the Cubs should do is is hire counsel or go after counsel and get rid of Ross. But they won't do that. And, and I'm I'm I've been proven wrong in the sense that I didn't have faith in them to do that. And they did it. And it's incredible. But what the thing about this is there's still so much more like we don't know about this because we have been like we're because we're cubs fans and we're big cubs fans and we have this podcast and so we've been we go into like more kind of esoteric details and like last week we're talking about john maley being on 
the major league staff. What does the major league staff look like now? Because Tommy Hadovy's made it through kind of three managers. He was around for Joe Madden and he was around for uh, David Ross. I guess this would be his third manager. Is he still around? Is he, who knows? I think it, there's a lot of questions of where does, where do we go from here with Craig Council's staff? Because there obviously are some guys that are highly thought of on this staff that I don't know. I just, Council want to bring in his own guys. I think those are some interesting questions um, that like Randall, I assume you want Tommy how to be to stick around. I do. I do. I think he's done great work and they seem to have found a, a bit of stability on the offensive side with Dustin Kelly uh, on the hitting staff. Now the aforementioned piece on the athletic again, written by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. It did say that Hadavi is quote unquote expected to stick around and that they do like Dustin Kelly. But of course, council is not just a new manager. He is a veteran manager. He's had a lot of coaches under him. He's going to want input. And there was talk about him potentially bringing Pat Murphy, his longtime bench coach. And of course his, his uh, coach at Notre Dame, Mm -hmm. along with him as the bench coach, you could certainly see that happening. I would like them to keep Hadavi, And I would like them to keep Kelly just because I value continuity and I value what seems like coaches who have kind of connected with the, the players and the, the pitching staff and have done pretty good work. I'm, you know, I'm wondering if maybe they bump Hadavi up to Breslow's former spot and give him this front office, his pitching czar spot. And that gives, that keeps Hadavi in the organization, but gives council the latitude to bring in his own pitching coach. You said it, but there's a lot of moving parts here and it does make the report that, uh, it does make the report that Melee was returning uh, a week ago. It does make that all the more, more curious. What role will he play? You know, was that the case before they went to seriously pursue counsel? There are a lot of questions. As Hermes Conrad once aptly put it, that just raises further questions. Exactly. It just raises further questions. And and you mentioned Pat Murphy, who was uh, Craig Council's uh, college coach at Notre Dame and then later became the college coach at Arizona State. Pat Murphy was a great college coach for a long time. And I do I believe, I don't want to be mistaken on this, but I do believe that his college coach, uh, his career did end at Arizona State due to some like recruiting scandals that were there that you want to follow NCAA rules a little bit. But he was a great college coach. You used to see him in the College World Series all the time. I think he was Jason Kipnis's at Arizona State uh, college coach. And uh, so I w- if he doesn't get the job at um, in, in Milwaukee, I would I would love to see Pat Murphy as a uh, the bench coach, Craig Council. I mean, him and Pat Council have been guys for a long time. I think he also worked for the Padres for a brief period. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that that has been a provable tandem. I would love to see him come down. But I agree with you. I, I don't want to see Dustin Kelly go. I, I no. We've had how many hitting coaches over the last five years? Like too many. Get a guy, stick with him. I want to see that. I don't want to see Tommy Hadovy go because I think he's proven to be an excellent pitching coach. Uh, maybe you do bump him up, as you said, to the Breslero. But on the other hand, you're giving a guy like Craig Council forty million dollars. I don't want to see Craig Council, a guy you're giving forty million dollars, and then hamstring him with you know guys he didn't pick. That's so the I, that's I, the difficult thing. Exactly. I want Craig Council to have his decisions. Um, what I. There are some open spots on the staff. You know, there we saw some turnover already happen earlier this month or in October. So it's just going to be interesting. There's a lot more, as you said, it only raises further questions. So there's a lot of things that are going to come up uh, in the future. They got to fill out some roles. And I'm sure Craig Council will be heavily involved in that. Um, but, you know, it'd be nice to get that kind of outside perspective a little bit. What has Milwaukee been doing? That's been so successful. Bring that down here a little bit and understand what they've been doing. Uh, it's just, it's just a crazy day, but I, I, feel, I also feel like we can't, 
go through this whole thing without talking about David Ross a little bit. Like we, 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 we should definitely cannot. And of course, before we get to David Ross, you are of course, correct. Uh, Murphy did resign from the Arizona state uh, head coach position due to recruiting issues. Uh, so you were correct as you so often were. And he was hired by the Padres as the, one of these nebulous special assistant to baseball operations positions. And of course, Jeremy, who was in the Padres front office at the time to hire him for that position? Was it Jed? It was in fact, Jed Hoyer. Okay. So, so there's a connection there. There's a connection. Time is a flat circle, but you are, of course, correct. Uh, not to be lost in the shuffle here is David Ross, the now former Cubs manager. Uh, of course, you can't have two managers at the same time. The Cubs tried the College of Coaches. Yes. It doesn't work. Uh, it, it did not work. So David Ross was, of course, uh, relieved of his duties, the favorite euphemism uh, when a manager is let go as counsel was hired today. Uh, it did say, again, in the athletic story, which we continue to cite, that Jed did fly down. Uh, to meet with David Ross in person after this was all uh, signed and ready to be announced. And uh, the meeting was described as long and, and I'm quoting here, sometimes tense as Jed met with David Ross to have this discussion of uh, why you're out. Oh, I'm I'm sure, you know, David Ross is a bit of a fiery guy a little bit. He so is. I'm sure I, I it would be tense because one, on the one hand, like, I'm sure David Ross thought he pretty much did everything that was asked of him. He didn't always have the best rosters uh, to look at. He coming into the season, the expectation was not to make the playoffs. They put together a prize solid year. And as I said, Jed and Tom Ricketts basically said he's our guy, right? So for them, for Jed to come down and then to say, hey, we hired somebody else for your job. I would understand why that's tense. If I'm David Ross, I would be very tense about that, too, because you look at it. It's a little bit of a stab in the back. I, I I love David Ross. He was a World Series hero. Uh, he was the manager. I I had my issues with him, but I don't want to think negatively of him of what he yeah. did for the Cubs. So I I would I would be understanding if he was frustrated with what went on, and I think that was part of the reason, like why we saw kind of the way we've seen this be handled by the Cubs. We haven't really seen the Cubs. They did on Marquee, but that's just because Marquee. But we haven't really seen the Cubs come out like full throated, like embrace Craig Council. Like today has really been more about David Ross. You even read the uh, statement they put out; it was about relieving David Ross and manager his manager duties. All that David Ross did for us, a, a lot of things. And then at the end of the like the very last paragraph, it's but it's like, oh, by the way, Craig Council is going to be our manager next year. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and- it's very small. It's very odd to see that. Yeah, you know, I don't envy Jed and I don't envy Carter uh, having to do this. You know that they are both big fans of David Ross. Jed Hoyer, of course, uh, partially responsible for hiring him as Joe Madden's successor. This had to have been a very delicate process. And as the athletic piece said, the last thing you would want is you let news of your interesting counsel leak out and then it doesn't work out. And all of a sudden you have an irreparable relationship with your manager and there's really no great way to move on from that so like you said this had to have been a very delicate process and um it's not coincidence that the cubs today um are focusing more on david ross and the the council time they specifically said they will be introducing council early next week um yeah so i do hope this was not an easy process but a softer process behind the scenes david ross it's funny if they had fired him in September, we would have said that's the right decision so long. It's funny how the way this went down in the offseason, which is kind of a clean break, all of a sudden we're very concerned for David Ross. But I don't think any of us have any real issue with him as an individual, as a former Cub. Um, 
Uh, and, you know, managers, managers get fired sometimes in the name of better managers, just like in 2014, I did not think they were going to fire their soon to be second year manager, Rick Renteria in the name of Joe Madden. And then they cold blooded, ruthless. They went out and did that. David Ross he was here longer than Rick Renteria. He had, I mean, he had larger sample size, but he had slightly more success than Rick Renteria. And they were still willing to completely cut bait with him in order to bring in somebody better. And I don't envy Jed having to do that, but I value that skill set in an executive because you have to make some very tough decisions in order to improve the team sometimes. Right. I, you're exactly right. Like David Ross was their guy. They their went guy. out, they hired him, they kind of groomed him for this role. He's been here for four years. He was a player from Rick Renteria, did not have that connection to the nope. staff. So I could see why that would be easier. But you're also right in the sense of um you you can't you have to be very quiet when you're doing this because you can't do this. And as you said, not have it work out. And then David Ross, you're stuck with David Ross. And he knows he they wanted somebody else. I mean, he, you see, that's how the Bears got Jake Cutler, uh, is when the Broncos hired Josh McDaniels. And Josh McDaniels, I don't remember exactly who he wanted to be the Broncos quarterback, but he was he was quietly shopping Jake Cutler to try to trade him. And it, it, news reports picked up on the fact that they were shopping Jake Cutler and Jake Cutler. We all know Jake Cutler has a personality. He got very offended and said, if you're going to shop me, I don't want to play here. And he demanded a trade and the bears were the ones that pounced on. So that's how that happened. And you don't want to be in that situation. So you have to, if you're going to do this, it has to work out. And I, I to me, I, I didn't like it when they did to Ricky. I still think it's kind of shady. I don't think it's necessarily best practices, but they did it once it worked out. So I understand why Jed would think you know, we did it once, so it's a lot easier to do it the second time, right? So, and now it's kind of like, yeah, I guess that's just business, right? Because we've seen it happen multiple times. And if you're a manager, be on your toes because you don't know what's coming down next. But David Ross, I I was with a bunch of people last night, a bunch of Cubs fans, people that, you know, have season tickets to Cubs games, or uh, excuse me, Saturday night. But I, I pointed out, because we were talking about David Ross, I said, and I've said this before, no Cubs manager since Leo DeRocher has been here for five years without really making a playoff spot in a 162-game season, which Ross didn't do. I mean, you have Jim Riggleman who did it, and I don't know why Jim Riggleman was there for five years anyways. And then you had <laughs> Joe Madden, who was the most successful manager probably in the last 100 years of college baseball. So for David Ross to get his fifth year, I was always kind of kind of – I didn't really see why that would get that. And he's not getting his fifth year because apparently Jed ended up agreeing with me seeing that we got to go out and get our guy. But yes, we should all respect David Ross and hope that David Ross thinks positively of his Cubs because we want to see him coming back to Wrigley Field. We want to yeah. see him coming back to Cubs convention. We don't want him to have a bitter departure where he has acrimony between something. No. We want him to be heavily involved because we all love David Ross. It just kind of frustrated or for him, I imagine, and kind of how it ended. And honestly, knowing he had a year in his contract, I thought there was a possibility they would just kick him upstairs or something. So I was actually yeah, a little surprised. Him, they just sent him on his way. Sent him sent him back to that nebulous special assistant to the general manager position. Yeah. And, you know, David Ross and Jed Hoyer have an association that goes back a lot of years. Jed's been responsible for acquiring or signing him as a player. Jed was responsible for hiring him as a manager. There's an association and you would hope a very professional respect and friendship that goes back a lot of years. And 
maybe that's one reason why Jed felt comfortable. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say stabbing him in the back, but kicking him to the curb because he knew that he there's enough mutual respect between the two that he could explain to him that this is what's best for the team. This is why we're doing it. And yeah, you would not blame David Ross if he was maybe not going to be dressing in cubby blue for a while, maybe not accepting the immediate invite back to the Cubs convention in a few months. But you certainly hope that the the relationship is not so fractured that he will not be back in the fold at some point. He is, of course, a World Series hero, a Cubs fan folk hero. You hope that that bridge is not burnt completely. Maybe it's a, a little damaged right now, could use some, some, uh, some new struts, maybe some new railings, but you certainly hope it's not burnt completely. Definitely. It's, it's just... It's just the business sometimes, as you see, it can be cutthroat and it's definitely cutthroat when, you know, you're willing to pay a guy $40 million over five years. I'm sure David Ross first thought is, hey, why wasn't I worth kind of worth that money? Uh, But, you know, we talked a little bit before, like Craig Council wanted to set that record. He he wanted to go and uh, to the everybody thought it was going to be the Mets, but manager salaries have gone down. And this is part of the reason why I thought they hired David Ross in the first place was. Teams weren't really valuing the manager. It was just like an extension of the front office. And Craig Council thought that's wrong. I want to set uh, this this record, and it's just it's just a shocking display to see the Cubs be the ones to pull this off. I don't. I I think I, I can't think of any person that uh, is not shocked. I everybody's shocked, right? You're no, shocked. I don't think. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people were suggesting this. People who are able to be a little more objective about Craig Council than I am. Um, but I don't think anybody actually thought it was going to happen with Ross under contract with, uh, with council interviewing with the Mets who I'm sure were willing to pay him a certain amount of money though. If you believe John Heyman, their, their offer was a lot lower and you know, the Cubs yeah. are paying him a lot of money. So that's maybe not the most surprising thing. We're not just talking lower. We're talking a lot lower. I thought the Mets were a lock to land him with David Stearns already in place. And you have an owner who is very willing to spend. I thought the Mets were a lock to bring in Craig Council. And barring that, the Guardians, I'm sure, were perfectly happy to have him. They, of course, hired former Major League catcher and uh, singer, actually. He's not just a singer. I didn't know that. Yeah, he is a singer. He learned to sing growing up. I'm talking about Stephen Vogt, of course. He learned to sing growing up. He likes to sing Disney songs. ESPN Mm -hmm. had him uh, do that on camera. He gave a a stirring rendition of Under the Sea. So Cleveland, of course, hired Stephen Vogt, the Mets. Uh, poached uh, bench coach Carlos Mendoza away from Aaron Boone's staff on the Yankees. So two spots for council that were filled today. It's a little like playing musical chairs. The spots were filled. The music was starting to fade down and council was going to have to go somewhere. I don't think he was going, I don't think any of us thought he was going to land in a chair at Clark and Addison. Yeah. Well, I'm sure those spots were filled because Craig council made his decision (laughs) and informed them that I'm not going there. And then they were like, all right, we'll just go to number two on our list, which was Mendoza. And, and cause when, when the Mets hired Mendoza and, and the guardians, I assumed he was going back to the brewers, as I said, and then you get those, those tweets, but uh, yeah, it just sounds like that the Mets weren't really, I mean, they wanted him, but they weren't really willing to kind of go to that next level. Uh, they were willing to outbid probably the Brewers because they're the Mets, but they weren't willing to go five years, $40 million. But I look at it this way, man. Who thought that the Cubs would outbid Steve Cohn for something? Not me. Right. It, it It's certainly funny that Steve Cohn willing to spend the money he is on players, but apparently did not want to spend that kind of money to bring in a manager. I guess that willingness to spend only extends to the major league roster. So I guess. Thanks, Steve. 
Right. I I I I had seen some rumors like the Brewers, a Brewers beat writer. He he posted that the Brewers offer was like five point five million uh, average annual uh, value, whereas the Mets were expected to go to like seven million. Uh, but uh, the Cubs went to eight. So the Cubs went to eight, and and it seems like there's some pushback, even possibly on that seven million number, and possibly on that five point five million number, because I have also seen some reports the Brewers offer was more like four years, twenty million. Uh, which is the Cubs offering forty million is double the total value, um, so it's just it's just crazy. It's, it's awesome that, as we said, the Cubs willing to do this, willing to make this move, willing to spend this money, which of course does not count against the luxury tax because nope. managerial spending does not go there. Yep. And and the sign should be, in my opinion, that the Cubs are gonna we're going for it. We're, I don't know if we're gonna go out and sign you know, a hundred million dollars worth of contracts for next year in terms of average annual value. But uh, I, we're going to do, we're going to make some moves and we're going to put together a team that should compete. And I don't think you make this move without doing that. So I I'm ecstatic. I, I think the Cubs got the best manager in baseball. I think they did everything I wanted. So I can't be happier to be honest. Yeah. Like, like I said, I don't dispute the good signals that it sends. I don't dispute um, that we, we should, appreciate that they went and got this done and didn't leak a word of it to the press. We should, again, it's everything except for the guy itself that I'm really high on. And again, it's going to take time. I am just, I am just uh, asking people to be patient with me. It may take weeks. It may take months. It may take years. I, I may not ever even get there. Actually, just be patient with me. I do have a couple questions about this process, please. Uh, how yes. it went down and your opinion of it in terms of, and what we can learn from it for the uh, upcoming offseason, let's say. First of all, mystery team. Cubs are the mystery team. The Cubs were the How mystery team. How are you team. reacting to that? Well, the mystery team is fun. Every, every time I hear mystery team, I always imagine I actually have a mystery team jersey I made at one point. And it's just a it's purple and green. I'm thinking like Monster Energy, Scooby-Doo, got that that mystery kind of smoke effect to it. The so-called mystery team, the mystery team almost never comes through. Like it's, it's a smoke screen. It's a team that gets thrown out there to try and drive up the, the price. But in this case, the mystery team was the winning team. You almost never see that happen. And it's very funny that something I noticed a lot in that when this front office has had their successes in going out and getting their guy, there has been almost no chatter. Dansby Swanson, there was chat the Cubs were interested that they wanted a shortstop. Three of the four were already signed. So if you want a shortstop, you have, you know, one big option left. There was chatter, but there was also chatter that the Dodgers were interested that he would go back to the Braves. And then one Sunday in December, which by the way, a week before Christmas last year. So if we go through all the rest of November and most of December and nothing big has happened, do not let that fool you into thinking that there's nothing going on. It was one Saturday in December last week. There's a snap of a finger and we got the magical, the magical Rosenthal tweet Cubs signed Dansby Swanson. So I appreciate that this front office is very good at keeping things away from the reporters and not leaking information and doing things uh, on their time at their pace and basically doing whatever they want without pulling people into it. I like that because it shows a very effective front office. And I like it because even if the Cubs are not mentioned in conjunction with somebody, that all important, oh, the Cubs are on a list of teams interested in this player. Great. Even when that's not the case, it does not mean that there's nothing going on. So every time we hear that the Cubs went out and zeroed in on their guy and got their guy successfully, it makes me happy. 
because it's a reminder that as much as we rag on this front office and rightly so, when they want their guy, they are like ninjas. They swoop in, they meet in secret, they lay out the money and they bring in their guy. Jim Hendry was that way a lot of the time, more so in trades than in free agents. But it's been the hallmark of Theo and the hallmark of Jed that when they've really wanted their guy, they've gone out and gotten him. Right. That was um that was actually where I was going to go with my next thing was uh, uh for the most part, I do feel I do agree with you. I do feel when the Cubs make big moves, for the most part, it's been on the quiet. There have been some moves that have been leaked for a long time. I think John Lester, everybody knew the Cubs were in on John Lester. Uh, not uh, not Gordon Wittenmeyer. He didn't know the Cubs were in on John uh, Lester. Not Gordon Wittenmeyer, but a lot of people did. Um, But. I think of like the next year, Zobrist. I think of Hayward. There were people that wanted them to go after those guys. I I was very adamant about going after Hayward, but I don't think it ever was really kind of reported that the Cubs were in on these players until the Cubs were in on these teams. I remember like Zobrist was had like all these supposed, you know, he was going to all these different teams or whatever, and and all of a sudden it was the Cubs, and I was like. It was the Cubs. When was it going to be the Cubs? That's crazy. Uh, and then they had to facilitate the Castro deal. And then they were like, the Cubs aren't stopping. They're going to Jason Hayward like a couple days later. And what I mean is, so I agree with you. And I, I agree with what that means of don't be um, just because you don't hear news doesn't mean there's not things going on behind the scenes. So it doesn't, there's so much going on that some of the news is obviously, you know, truthful and teams are interested in players that that's going to be, it's going to leak out, but just because the Cubs aren't possibly mentioned with the team, or even if they are mentioned with the team, that doesn't really mean uh, in terms of uh, are the Cubs out of this guy. So uh, I, I guess that's just what I'm saying. Cause I do think that Jed, and this comes from an office, tries to keep things close to the best. They don't want you to know how much money they have to spend. They don't want you to know what players they're interested in. So I think most leaks, if there are leaks, are not coming from the Cubs. And it's coming from, say, agents and other people involved that are sometimes trying to push prices up or sometimes whatever. So uh, it's just crazy to me of that the Cubs were so ninja-like in getting this done, I'll say. Yes, and you have individuals like John Heyman who are content to just post what teams and what agents send them uncritically without any kind of reading it over. Like I think John Heyman a lot of the time literally just gets a text from an agent and he copies that right into Twitter or X and posts that completely. But even the the names that are trustworthy, the Passons, the Rosenthal's, they often don't have a whole lot of buzz about what the Cubs are doing uh, before until it breaks. And I don't think it's I, I I don't think it's that they don't really have a relationship with the Cubs front office. I think the Cubs front office is just that good at keeping things under wraps. And I don't think they feed things to the reporters uh, just in the name of doing so. And you know, on the feed, as Ronan likes to call it, watching the feed on the feed every winter. You're people who say, I haven't hear, heard the Cubs mentioned in relation with anybody. That shouldn't matter because it is multiple occasions now where the Cubs were not, quote unquote, mentioned in conjunction with a certain acquisition and it ended up getting done. So what I'm saying is don't let the chatter or even the lack of chatter, don't let that drive your perception of what is or isn't going on because that's consistently proven wrong. I Yes, I, I agree with you. As I mentioned, I, 2016 is the most, uh, to me, like the most kind of what when the Cubs went out and they got Zobers and they got Hayward, as I mentioned, those were not deals that were like very heavily talked about, I feel like, uh, at the time. And so, yeah, it, the Cubs could be ninjas. They could go out and do these things uh, stunningly so. And uh, you talked about Ronan a little bit. I, I do want to I do. 
I am a little disappointed that Ronan is not here tonight because I am very curious as to what his kind of opinions of this whole thing are. Because we've gotten some of the texts or whatever, but I don't feel like we've gotten a great grasp of what Ronan's opinions are. Because Ronan was the one who was pitching, pushing David Ross the most. Now I, I do he was. Think, That's true. I do think he's happy that the Cubs went out and signed a big manager and, and did it. But I am curious of where his opinion is on David Ross being fired, David Ross being let go. Uh, Cause I feel like we have three kind of distinct kind of takes th- that we had before this happened where Ronan was keep David Ross. You were get rid of David Ross, but don't bring it. Greg Gonsal. I was, yeah. And I was bringing Greg Gonsal and get rid of David Ross. And fortunately for me, I'm, I'm the happiest. You, you ended up the happiest and the most so, correct. All Ronan did offer us tonight is that he wish he wishes Rossi well. And I'm quoting, He says, uh, I wish Rossi well. Uh, There is zero doubt in my mind we will get Ronan's full take on this down the line uh, because we, I suspect we're going to be talking about this more uh, throughout the offseason. And it's now something else that does encourage me about this process is we hear all the time, who's going to want to play for the Cubs? Who's going to want to play for a team that doesn't do this? Who's going to want to play for a team that doesn't do that? It seems like they've sold Dansby Swanson on Chicago just fine. They have now however much convincing you think they had to do they sold Craig council on chicago and a lot of money just fine the one thing i don't think we have to worry about i don't think we have to worry about the cubs as a destination and i don't think we have to worry about the ability of this front office to sell the cubs as a destination before they did it with dansby swanson they successfully did it with Seiya suzuki and they successfully did it with marcus stroman players want to come play for the cubs and they want to play in wrigley field you now every team has a budget every organization has a budget sometimes if you can only offer them this many millions and another team wants to offer them many many more millions you know not all things not all things are equal but as far as selling the cubs as a destination as far as selling playing at Wrigley Field living in Chicago as a destination i don't think we have to worry about that because every success story this front office has had especially since jed took over has involved them successfully doing that nobody has said well i hated the city i hated the organization but their money's good nobody has said that and you can argue whether somebody would say that and that's fine but nobody has said that I agree. I I think it's a little bit of a non-issue that people put out there, especially after the you heard it a lot more a couple of years ago, once they traded away all these big name talents that it was who would ever want to come and play for the Cubs. And even all those guys, they also had really positive things to say about the Cubs. They had really positive things to say about the front office. It was just, you know, things didn't work out. They wanted probably to stay here even themselves. Um, so, yeah, I think when you see a manager like Craig Council of his stature and you, not only that, you see the money being paid out, you think, well, if that guy's going there and he's taking it, there must be something there. Right. And this that's is a right. team that is kind of on the rise a little bit. We all that's all of our opinions. We they were right there in for a playoff spot until the last week of the season. Uh, they have some good talent. They've put out for Dansby Swanson. They put out for Stacey, as you mentioned. They signed Ian Happ and Nico Horner locked him up to a couple extensions. So, like, I think the impression of the Cubs out there is a positive impression. I don't think it's a negative impression. I think people will be interested in the Cubs being a place, a destination, as you said. So, yeah, I have no worries about that at all. I think I think if anything, as we just saw, Craig Council, yeah, there was a little bit of the fact that he's from Milwaukee, lives in Milwaukee, still has two daughters in high school in Milwaukee. He doesn't want to get too far away from them, but it's a destination. 
Uh, it is. People want to come play for the Cubs. People want to experience playing for the Cubs. They're going to be in on if they show people the green, it's not going to matter where it is. And they'll have a lot. Probably people are going to want to play there as opposed to, you know, some other organizations. That's right. They, they, there's just no problem with them selling the Cubs. They, they kept Seiya Suzuki away from taking visits with every other team by selling him on Chicago and having him come visit. So, yeah, I, I think we can put that to bed at this point. There are no issues with selling this as a destination. Boy, Jeremy, what what a day this was. And, you know, I I before social media, I didn't I'd say social media and the Internet were coming about right as I really started paying attention to baseball before there was Twitter transactions were on the message boards, which are faster than a newspaper, but maybe not as immediate as Twitter. But what a what a modern day. Uh, you know, radio broadcast this was where you're just sitting there going about your day. You hear that council is going to a team that already has a manager. And then 16 minutes later, you hear that team is the Cubs. This is a very modern experience today of news breaking just like that and reading these words on a little tiny screen and having to process and react to all that in the span of 15 to 30 minutes. Yeah, just a shockwave day, a day. And of course, you know, the funny thing is, is like, it's the first day of free agency, right? It's, it is. So there were other things going on too, a little bit that like we were, you know, expecting, you know, the Cubs to have some minor transactions or whatever. Or, or, and it just turned into like this mega news day. And it's just crazy. It's when you least expect it. But hopefully, you know, hopefully we get to, to do the song and dance again with a big name player in yes. not too long from now. Because as nice as it is to see the Ken Rosenthal's of the world reporting that the sources are telling them that the Cubs have hired a big name manager, it's all the more fun to do that with somebody who will impact uh, the roster on the field. And I'm hoping we get to do that uh, plenty of times this offseason. Right. And of course, the last time we probably felt this way when the Cubs hired Joe Madden and they followed it up a couple months later signing John Lester. That's right. So, you know, there's not necessarily a John Lester out there right now, but there are a lot of big name players, either uh, free agents or potential trade targets that could help this team. And I'm hoping we get to enjoy that inimitable feeling of seeing news break positively for your favorite team. I'm hoping we get to enjoy that a bunch of times this offseason. Right. It's going to be Christian Yelich has now uh, been traded to the Chicago Cubs and Randall is no. going to be so ecstatic. No. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Come on. I, Come on. I was, what, are you, I was, what are you trying to do to me here? I'm trying to get you into the Chicago Brewers. Ugh. Well, Jeremy, you mentioned just a moment ago some of these smaller transactions. It was a it's been a busy weekend, actually. Uh, around the Cubs, among the things, Marcus Stroman, somewhat unexpectedly, he opted out of the final year of his contract, uh, foregoing another year and $21 million. He now becomes a free agent. Jeremy, that's big because it leaves the Cubs with a, a hole in that rotation, maybe that they were not expecting, but that's $21 million more million that you have to put towards filling it. Right, exactly. Like, I, I was kind of, we all were expecting, I think, him to, to opt in and we're kind of stunned yeah, that he did. I was expecting that. But I didn't feel bad about him opting out. I, I it didn't. I wouldn't feel like, especially after the way he finished last season. There's so many questions. Yeah. And we got more money to play with. They need to sign a starter. They probably need to sign a couple starters because I thought they needed another starter when they had Marcus Stroman uh, penciled in. But 
it gives you more flexibility. And right now I think we see that the cups are willing to spend as we've been talking about. Yeah. So just an extra 20 million. Yeah. Let's put that towards something this off season. So I'm okay with it. I'm surprised. I'm kind of stunned a little bit, not quite Craig council stunned, yeah. but uh, I, it, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought he was going to opt in if only because I didn't think there's any way anyone gives him more money than that for the season ahead. But you know, he probably feels that he can get, uh, a little more extended security from some team, even if he maybe loses some money just for 2024. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, would you take Marcus Stroman on the team in 2024, or would you take uh, the mystery box, Jeremy? It could be anything in the box, could could even be Marcus Stroman. Uh, and, you know, Jed, I think, well, he, I think Jed might be excited to have kind of that mystery box because you could do a lot of really good things with $21 million. You know, that could potentially buy you two pitchers who are kind of in the mid range. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, maybe a, could be a fun roll of the dice. I think, uh, elsewhere on the option front, the Cubs exercised two options on veterans for the 2024 season, not unexpectedly. They, they exercise the option on Kyle Hendricks. He will return for 16 and a half million. And then Jan Gomes for 6 million. I think that's a strong catching tandem. Gomes probably being backed up by Amaya, maybe a veteran if you want Amaya to play every day at AAA, but I don't think anyone thought those were not going to be the case, but still good to see those two returning to the fold. Right. And I, I think we, as you said, everybody expected them to be back. I, I still expect the Hendricks deal to be worked out a little, a little bit. So I don't, I don't quite expect that 16 and a half million to stay there. I think he'll, they'll probably bring him down. Somebody recently just did the same thing and I can't think of who it was. Uh, they signed him to a two-year contract for about 24 million, which is and he was owed about uh, 16 million. And I was like, Oh, that's what I want for the, the Cubs would, to do. It. Would that have been Max Muncy? Yes, I think it was Max Muncy. It's basically they did the same thing. They picked up his option and then immediately negotiated a, an extension with him. And I assume that's what's going to happen with Hendricks. So I assume that number's going to come down a little bit. But yeah, Jan Gomes, most clutch player on the team, in my opinion, last year. Uh, we all expected them to pick him back up. Uh, so yeah, I agree with you. I, I was a big Amaya fan. He, I thought he might have run out a little bit of his team at the end of last year, but I also thought David Ross kind of moved away from playing him a lot. Like yeah. there were a lot of situations. I thought Miguel Amaya was a bad off the bench, especially when you were having three catchers on the roster. There were times I thought they could have used, utilized that a little more. Um, but I I'm excited. I'm excited to bring back Kyle. Cause I thought he surprised me last year. I thought he was done and he was solid and young Gomes. I, I think young Gomes has been very good at, for the Cubs. So uh, to get that experience as a catcher, uh, I, I think they were those were expected moves. And I think they're good moves. Yeah, I think uh, Gomes and Amaya is a rock-solid catching tandem going into 2024. Uh, speaking of money, the Cubs did extend the qualifying offer to Cody Bellinger. That, of course, is worth $20.325 million. He, of course, will reject that, but it does attach draft pick compensation to uh, for the Cubs if anyone other else does sign Bellinger. And we did mention uh, last episode of some outrighting. Jeremiah Estrada had been outrighted off the roster. Jared Young had been outrighted off the roster. And Nick Birdie had been outrighted off the roster. We have closure on all three of those players. Nick Birdie cleared waivers. He was outrighted to Iowa. He stays in the organization for right now. Sadly, Jeremiah Estrada and Jared Young were claimed by other organizations. Jeremiah Estrada is headed out to San Diego, claimed by the Padres. And Jared Young, claimed by none other than the St. Louis Cardinals. Jeremy, did you, like me, instantly have a vision of him going off against the Cubs at some point next season. I did not instantly have that vision because I was too caught up in my Craig council high. I will say, I, I will say, I will say I was, you know, I'm seeing some Cardinal fans today being 
despondent, I'll say, over the Cubs news because they felt they feel like their organization is kind of stuck in a rut. And they said, yeah. we wish we had a organization that was making these major moves like Craig Console. And I said to them, I said, you guys got Jared Young. I don't understand why you're so despondent. Yep, that's exactly right. Keep your head up. And, you know, it is kind of funny. David Ross, of course, walked up to Forever Young in his final season as a Cub. No longer Forever Young because Young is out the door to the Cardinals. Kind of a fitting move uh, on the day that David Ross is jettisoned. Uh, Left-handed reliever Brendan Little was traded to the Toronto Blue Jays for cash. So ending his Cubs tenure. And finally, uh, Luis Vasquez was added to the 40-man roster today. Jeremy, that's a really nice depth move. We talked about him during last offseason. He is an elite middle infield glove, and the bat really came around in 2024. I am happy they are keeping him in the organization. I am a little worried, uh, not worried because I think they will, lose Jonathan Perlaza as a minor league free agent not being added to the 40-man roster. I thought, thought that was a bat that could potentially impact the roster, but 40-man spots, of course, are at a premium. Uh Perlaza did not make the cut, but Luis Vasquez did. Right. 40-man roster spots, as you said. We're planning an offseason here. We want to have some openings. Uh, I agree to you about Vasquez. He uh, uh, Baseball America published uh, some stat cast things over the past few weeks, and one of the things they put out was uh, uh, biggest gainers in, in, in certain exit velocity categories, uh, and they did the top 90th percentile gainers, which I believe were – uh, excuse me, the top first was, I believe, was the top average exit velocity gainers, which I believe were the Cubs had James Triantos and Owen Casey in those two categories, which was really nice for Casey because he's already one of the top guys. So to see him improve and be one of the, however, one of the biggest improvements, it's like he's really elite. And then they did the top 90th percentile uh, average, or excuse me, top 90th percentile exit velocity gainers. And 90th percentile is kind of the most important, in my opinion. It's like, what are the 90th percentile of your hits? How hard are they? So, and Luis Vasquez was one of those guys. He was one of the biggest gainers on that list, along with Triantos and uh, Pablo Aliendo was also on that list. A lot of Cubs were on these lists, which is a very good sign. And, and to be honest, it seems like Triantos breakout in the Arizona Fall League might be for real. But to see a guy like Luis Vasquez, uh, to get around to my point, who is a very good defender and then have big exit velocity gains as well, it shows his offensive gains probably weren't the fluke either. So that's nice. And I think why the Cubs put him on the 40 man, but uh, yeah, these are, these are interesting moves. Brendan little, the only time he ever pitched in the majors, he pitched in Toronto. So he's going to he Toronto. Did. Sure. Uh, former loved first so much, loved it so much. He decided to go back. Former first round pick of the Cubs. Unfortunately didn't work out uh, him and Alex Lang uh, who's in Detroit. Uh, they traded away. Uh, before the Dan Kantrovitz era, and I think that's why we saw them move closer to the Dan Kantrovitz era of some of these kind of pitching prospects that didn't work out. But yeah, some interesting names and where they all went. Uh, I'm happy Nick Birdie's still around. Uh, and you know, hey, the Cubs need some of that cash to pay for Craig Council, right? That's right. You got you got to pay down that ca- that contract somehow, as you put it earlier today. Finally, as we look towards bringing it home today, we mentioned last time that uh, some Cubs were up for some hardware in the postseason here, and all three eligible Cubs, Jeremy, brought their gold gloves home. Nico Horner wins his first gold glove playing second base. Dancy Swanson wins his second gold glove at shortstop, his first as a member of the Cubs, and Ian Happ, I think surprising all of us, brings home his second gold glove as a left fielder. A little bit of question maybe as to what the player and coach voters were watching. Uh, this offseason, but still good for him. Notable, this is the first time in Cubs franchise history with three gold glove winners, and it is the first middle infield duo to win gold gloves since 2016 when Joe Ponick and uh, and 
Brandon Crawford did so, second base shortstop for the 2016 San Francisco Giants. And we all know how that ended for them. But we uh, do. Uh, I feel like for Gold Gloves is once you kind of establish yourself as that guy. It's a reputation the, award. Yeah. And then the people keep voting for you. So like once Ian Happ established himself as a Gold Glove outfielder, it kind of it, it takes a little while for it to catch up uh, where you are. So but yeah, three Cubs win it. We all said that. We think we have the best middle infield in baseball defensively when we signed Danzy Swanson. We were right. We were right. It was it's great to see Danzy Swanson win his second. It's great to see Nico Horner win his first, deservedly so. Ian Happ, of course, winning his second, also pretty good. Uh, but yeah, it was a little funny today when I turned on Marquee to see if they were talking any Cubs news about this Craig Council and everything was about the gold gloves. I'm like, oh, I guess this is still from yesterday. But yeah, Marquee, uh Marquee not able to pivot on a dime. Right. Um, but uh yeah, I, we all believed in the Cubs defensively. They're gonna need to keep winning on with the defense. And uh it, 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 it suggests positive things as well for next year because they're still gonna have an elite defensive infield. Absolutely. That middle infield is locked up for seasons to come. Finally, as we wrap it up today, the big award finalists were all announced. We were hoping for the Cubs to at least be represented in the NL Cy Young uh, podium. Sadly, that is not the case. Justin Steele is not named an NL Cy Young finalist. Uh, that is Zach Gallen. That is Blake Snell. And that is Logan Webb. What's Logan Webb doing there? Yeah, I'm not too surprised by this. Just by the way, Justin Steele kind of finished the season. I I, I think if it was Labor Day, uh, he would have been on there, but he yes. struggled a little bit down the stretch, and it did affect his numbers a little bit. So, but uh, yeah, I, I I hope Justin Steele would have been on there, but he had a fantastic season, and hopefully we see another great year next year coming into next year. And in my opinion, I don't know if Craig Council has any uh, input that much, but. I think Craig Council is one of the best at managing a bullpen and managing his pitching staff in the league. And so I, I, I'm hoping to see some real pitching gains next year uh, from across the board in the bullpen and in uh, uh, the, the rotation. Well, we all, we all know he had certain names in those Milwaukee bullpens that made his that made his job very easy. Well, but, one thing before I, we want to go, I, I know we're still on this, but uh do you possibly foresee one of those certain names coming into the Cubs bullpen? And how would you feel about it if Josh Hader is a Chicago Cub? I believe he's free agent, right? It wasn't enough that you had to say Christian Yelich. Chicago I, well, Hader could be a real you possibility, to, though. You have to throw a Josh Hader Chicago Cub out there. It's really, possible. Jeremy? Craig Council, you, he knows Hader. No decency. He's a free agent. He could back of the bullpen. You want a closer? But before Jeremy suggests Albert Pujols coming out of retirement and playing for the Cubs, I think that's a great place to wrap it up for today. I am Randall. He is Jeremy. Thank you for listening. Ronan will be back with us on next edition as we continue all offseason to talk about Craig Council's Chicago Cubs. It's going to take me a while, but thanks for being with C-C-C-C. us tonight. C-C-C-C. That's right. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch you next time.